Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Anatoly Franz, and it says, Until one has loved an animal, a part of one's soul remains unawakened. This show is for all of my animal lovers out there. So here's a fun fact. More than two-thirds of U.S. households have pets. Is yours one? Is your pet like a family member? Do you dress him or her up for Halloween and maybe take him trick-or-treating? Or other holidays, maybe a picture with Santa? Are you guys giggling? Because of this amplification of that whole human-animal bond, we're really more connected to our pets than ever. Think about or just try to remember how you felt when your pet got sick or just wasn't acting quite, quite right. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you're really in store for an awesome treat. Not a dog, cat, or bird treat either. Ha ha. My guest today is Mary Alice Santoro. Uh, she's a nurse, author, Reiki healer for humans, and are you ready for companion animals too? And she has some awesome stories to share with us. So grab your pet, a.k.a. best friend, settle in and relax for a possum hour of learning how Reiki can help your pet feel calmer, healthier, and possibly live a longer, healthier life. Reiki isn't just for humans anymore, so let's put down the bone and dive in to some animal healing. So Mary Alice, thank you so much for joining me today. I know my intro was a little corny. <laughs> I loved it. I don't care. I thought it was great. <laughs> you know, we, we have animals in our house, and they truly they truly are family members. Absolutely, and, Connie. Yeah, and, and when they are at, acting out of sorts, of course, we would do anything just like we would for a family member to help them feel better, um, you know, find a calmer disposition, whatever it might be. So I, wanted, I just want to jump in. Explain to us what is Reiki, and if you could provide just a brief description of Reiki as, you know, just what it is. And I, for everyone listen, listening, I know sometimes they say Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. I'm going to spell it and tell me if I'm saying it correctly, but it's R-E-I-K-I. And it yes, says honey, Reiki. That's, ex- that's exactly it. And that's how you pronounce it is Reiki. And okay. Reiki actually comes from Japanese. And the words, let me split the word in half. Rei, R-E-I means spirit. And Key, K-I, means energy. So it's usually translated as a universal life energy. And, and the way Reiki works is it works by it channels healing energy from the universe around us through the practitioner's hands to the animal or the human client. I think it's important to know that Reiki can do no harm, and it always works for the highest good of the person or the animal who's receiving the Reiki. Um, There are four levels of Reiki. There's a level one, two, three, and a master level. And so Reiki is taught by a master level practitioner. And during the course of of the the classes, um, attunements are given to the students. And basically it's an initiation, a transfer of energy from the master level Reiki practitioner to the student to enhance the flow of energy and the strength of the Reiki. Reiki is gentle, it's non-invasive, 
and it works in a holistic way. In other words, it works on the body, mind, and spirit. But can Mary Alice, when the when the master Reiki person who's teaching the level one, level two, or level three student explain attunement, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I got that. What does attunement mean? Okay, well, attunement is basically an initiation. Okay, and it it it's from the Reiki master's hands. Okay, okay. the energy is transferred to the student. And it's through a series of, um, I guess you would say it's through a series of sacred practices um, that the Reiki master learns during his or her initiation to being a master level Reiki practitioner. And they pass it on to the student. And it just enhances the Reiki energy of the student after the attunement is given. And the attunements are given in level two and level three. Reiki one is basically just um, you learn the basic steps of Reiki and how to give yourself and maybe a family member treatments. Cool. Um, go ahead. I, I said that was cool. That's cool. So oh. you, okay, so my question to you is when you got to the level two, and, and are you a master Reiki? Now? I am a master practitioner, yes. Okay, so how did I know that? I just had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you got to the level two and level and you were going through this initiation or series of these sacred practices, do you feel different? Do you feel the um, transference of that energy? or oh, you is do. it? yes. You, 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 you do, feel, okay. Yeah, everybody um, experiences something different. Um, some people feel uh, more energized themselves. Some people feel lighter. Um, some people feel very warm all over. It, it varies from person to person, but it's just a it's it's kind of a universal feeling of of goodness and 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 cool. peace and happiness. And and you said that you can't do Reiki incorrectly. So when when because you know what's so funny, I I have had Reiki done to me several times. I've never heard of. Reiki on animals. So when Karen, a friend of ours, introduced each other, I, I, I was very intrigued because, again, the whole family member, the animal being a family member, right? So the Reiki, somebody said to me once, but what if they translate and give you their bad energy? And, and I looked at the person, I have to tell you, it never dawned on me. And I said, well, I think you would have to like the person that's giving it to you and know that they're not weird or negative, right? So is well, that possible to transfer negative energy? You mean from the practitioner to the person? Yes. Or from, uh, well, you don't transfer the you, – you're in a state of positive energy when you're doing your Reiki, so you're right. not going to transfer anything negative. And it's important. You know, a lot of Reiki practitioners, before they give a treatment – do different things to make sure that they're in a state of positive energy. Um, one of the things that I do is I pull light, white light around me. Okay. And that also protects me from receiving any negative energy from the person I was working with. Sure. Um, you can sure. Go that could go forth. either way. Right. So some people meditate before they do a, a treatment to make sure that they're in the proper state of mind. Because, I mean, we all have bad days, you know, and, and certainly even Reiki practitioners can have some negative energy about them because you're having a bad day or maybe you don't feel well. Um, and 
if that's the case, say you're sick, then you wouldn't want to give a Reiki treatment to someone on a day when you weren't well yourself. Of course. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah that makes right. sense to me. Yeah. So after you get through the attunement, this initiation process, um, and now how long did it take you to become a Reiki master? Um, I started my uh, Reiki um I guess my Reiki training, what you might say, in uh, 1997. Oh, you've been um, doing it a while. Yeah, and I received my mastership in 1998. So that took a full year. Wow. Okay, so that's pretty intense training then. Right. Well, it is intense, and and they recommend, um, you know, you don't just go, well, I did Reiki 1 today, so next week I'm going to do Reiki 2. And then, you know, next week, the following week, I'll do three. They recommend, you know, spacing it out, you know, to give yourself time to practice, to give yourself time to feel comfortable with the energy. Um, So they do recommend spacing it out. And the master uh, training takes a little longer because there's a lot more involved in that. Oh, I I can imagine. Now, there's there's, um, five Reiki precepts. Can you explain what that is and what that means? Yeah, yeah, the Reiki precepts – Mikeo Yusui, who is the founder of Reiki, he developed these five precepts. And actually what they are, they're rules of conduct, which help people live a more balanced life. And the five, they're very simple. And we start with just for today, just for today. Do not be angry. Do not worry. Be humble. Be honest in your work. And be compassionate to yourself and others. Those are the five precepts for Reiki. And if you think of ways that you might become unbalanced, I'm talking about your energy being unbalanced. For example, Mm -hmm. say you're angry. You're angry at a person or you're angry at a situation. Um, Your energy becomes unbalanced at that, and this leads to a need for healing. So the five precepts help us to remain mindful about staying balanced in our everyday life and when we practice these precepts regularly, it becomes easier to stay balanced, and especially when we're working with our animals because animals are very in tune with energy, and so if our energy is balanced, it's more attractive to the animal. So if, you know when, when you, you hear stories that, um, like a woman gets pregnant and their dog, who usually is with the, the husband all the time, all of a sudden sits and follows the pregnant woman around. Um, is it because they realize that the, the, obviously the woman is carrying a baby and they go into protection mode? Is that, I mean, I'm using a different, experience, you know, a different example, but is that that connection that we have with animals? Well, it, it could be. It could be that the dog is in protection mode of the, the, the mother, um, or is in protection mode of the unborn baby, um, or I, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, the the dog obviously picks up on the energy of the household, and this is a happy event, and you know, so the dog's following where he feels the happy energy is coming from oh, the most. Sure, yeah, you know, something like that. Um, that could make sense. Any one yeah. of a number of explanations why the dog would would follow, you know, the pregnant woman around. So the if we are in balance, right, we follow the rules of contact, we follow these five uh, Reiki precepts, then mm-hmm. we're in balance. We are more connected to the the animals, I guess, to the earth, to everything, right, to all living right. things. Well, our, Is that exactly, because 
because our energy is balanced. You know, when your energy is balanced, you you are more in connection and in tune with the energy of the universe. And as I said, animals, you know, are very in tune with energy. And, um, you know, for example, um, you know, say you're, you're very sad. And how many times have, have we heard this where, you know, you're sad or maybe you're crying and your dog will just come up to you, sit next to you and put his paw on your leg, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, and it's it's that, you know, he doesn't know why you're sad, but he knows you're sad and he's there to mm-hmm. comfort you. So that's why I mean most the animals are very in tune with our energy. And they're using the animals with um like cancer patients, right? They bring the dogs into the the ward so that they, or yeah. you know, so the yeah. the person who's ill can right. pet the dog and just feel, I guess, the good energy from the dog. But they do use animals a lot. They use horses, I think, mm-hmm. with autistic children, right, to to yeah. um, have them be able to be touched and stuff like that. So the yeah. the animal human connection. I think is deep. There's been many movies about it. You know, there's been books written about it as well as the backdrop. So when you're feeling sad or you're feeling angry, what do you typically recommend for, let's say for the human first, what recommendations do you make so that we, we aren't sad anymore or we aren't angry anymore at the situation? Well, it, it will depend on what's making you angry or what's making you sad. I mean, obviously, if you're sad because there's been a loss in your life, you know, I mean, that's something that, um, you know, it takes time to recover from, you know, mm-hmm. grief, um, and you would just work through that. If you're angry, that's a little more um, under your control to manage. You know, you have to look at, you know, why am I angry, and is it worth being angry at this person? Um, it's kind of a self-examination. And then certainly what the Reiki practitioner can do in, in both cases, in anger and in sorrow, is to give themselves a Reiki treatment. You know, we do a lot of self-healing. And um, that, that was one of the reasons why I got involved with Reiki was, was I was in need of healing. And so you give yourself a Reiki treatment. And, um, you know, and, and generally, you know, it, it helps. It really helps. Yeah, and, and it's funny because again, I it, okay when I've gone to my Reiki sessions, like I had a bad, I have a bad knee. So a friend of mine who does Reiki, she's wonderful. Uh, she tried to help me with my knee, and I'll tell you, you definitely feel better after. You definitely, I like the word lighter. Um, when she's done the Reiki to me, I have felt just lighter and and just calm, like a really awesome calm, and then. You know, she gives me exercises and different visualizations, et cetera, um, to practice when I'm not with her, again, to continue to strengthen my knee and all those things. So it's not like you have a magic wand with Reiki and go, poof, now you're all healed and you feel so awesome. (laughs) You know, there there has to be a little ownership from the individual, too. Right. And also the thing is that Reiki doesn't cure. I mean, and, and people think, well, Reiki heals, but it doesn't cure. We don't go to a Reiki person to be cured. We go to have our energy balanced, and we go for healing, which is different than curing. Reiki doesn't sure. cure. You can't if you have cancer. Reiki's not going to cure your cancer. It's not going to cure your knee, um, but it will help. It will balance your energy so that you do feel better, and and it does help with pain relief, and it helps with relaxation. So it it really that. does. If if yeah. folks, if you have not tried Reiki, it's really not <laughs> like. 
you know, woo, it's, it's not. It's just a very, very calming and relaxing. There's beautiful music. And, you know, where I go, she has a heated bed, and you just lay right. down, and it's just an awesome, awesome experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Alice, let's take one quick break, and then when okay. we come back, I'd love to hear your journey, your story with Reiki. And did you start with animals first, people first? I just kind of want to hear where you're coming from. So let's take okay. a quick break, and then we come back, we can talk about that. Okay. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman, contain that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back. We are here with Mary Alice Santoro, who is a Reiki master of both humans and animals. And I'm just curious, Mary Alice, your your journey, your story with Reiki, can you share it with the listeners? Sure, I'll be happy to, Connie. Um, my husband passed away in 1995. He was only 42 years old, and Aww. it was unexpected. And for Sorry a long to hear time, that. Uh, that's all right. For a long time, I was really just lost. And, you know, they say that grief is a journey, and it's true. Uh, And for me, the journey led to a finding of spirituality on many levels. Um, I discovered angels through Karen. Mm -hmm. Yes, our our mutual friend, friend, my my angel lady. (laughs) Right. I discovered angels after taking some classes with her and also discovered energy healing. And so I studied Reiki 1, and I started in 1997, as I said before, and I was did it primarily for self-healing because I knew I was in need of healing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I'll start with myself. And, and that is the right place to start is we always start with ourselves. Once we heal ourselves, then we're better able to heal others. And I went through all the levels of Reiki and got my mastership in 1998. And I worked exclusively with people at first. You know, I did friends. I did family I did friends of friends. I did long-distance Reiki, which you can do, distant healing. You know, people would say, oh, I have a friend. She lives out in California, and she's sick. Can you send her Reiki? And I would do that. Um, Then in about 2003, my dog, Maggie, who was a miniature schnauzer, she became ill. And I thought, well, you know, if Reiki can heal people, why not dogs? So I went online on the Internet, and I did some research. And um, I found this wonderful young woman. Her name is Kathleen Prasad, and she's out in California. And she's the founder of Animal Reiki Source. And so I started to email her, and she started, you know, sending me suggestions of what I could do for my dog. And I found that, you know, I could give Maggie Reiki, and she seemed, you know, better after the Reiki. You know, she seemed... Her anxiety was less. She didn't need pain medication as much. And she just really? seemed a little better. Right. And so, I mean, I really believe that 
you know, with the Reiki. And then she also had excellent veterinary care. Um, that I had two and a half more years with her, you know, that I may not have had. And then she she did pass away in 2005. But I really, you know, I, I saw how it worked with her so that I went on and I studied with Kathleen and I became certified in animal Reiki then in 2006. So, Isn't that funny? Your journey started with you needing healing self-healing, right? That was mm-hmm. your motivation initially with the whole exactly. Reiki journey due to, your, to, to the loss of your husband. And then here, another family member, right, Maggie, your dog, um, right. becomes ill. And did you know that she was ill from the veterinarian? Is that how you... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she. I knew she was ill. I didn't know how ill she was until I took her, you know, to my vet and, uh, you know, through a series of... Uh, you know, x-rays and MRIs. And sure. She had surgery. It was determined. And it was just, you know, it was just so so sad. And, and But, I, you know, she had two and a half more years that I really think she might not have had. And two and a half comfortable years, you know. That was, was the other thing. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. she wasn't in pain for the two and a half years because it's that would right. be for you, not for this poor animal, right? Right, but, exactly. Now, I mean, if, if, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and I like what you said that you, of course, you took your the dog to the veterinarian, and and you had cared from a medical standpoint as oh, well. Yeah. Do do you get a lot of referrals or recommendations from your local vets, et cetera, who have seen you help your your dog? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's 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 kind of um, it's difficult. My vet is a Reiki level two practitioner. How cool is that? Yeah, he's a level two. And we're seeing um, more veterinarians coming around to the idea of Reiki and also alternative Mm -hmm. forms of healing like flower essence and and, uh, Chinese herbs and that. But uh, he even says he has to be careful um, who he tells because he Mm -hmm. says they still kind of look at you like, you know, you're, you know, you've, you've just grown another head or something, you know, that sure. strangely, you know, <laughs> sure, and sure. so even he, he even says he has to be careful, you know, what he says and who he says it to, but he does Reiki and he does Reiki before surgery and on the animal and, and, uh, after, sur- if he's, you know, operating on him, one of the animals and, um, he's, he's amazing. I think I- that. I think that is awesome that he is a scientist, right? Goes to school mm-hmm. for all these years to learn the anatomy of animals, the surgeon, the you know, the medicines, all of those things, and yet he sees the value of the Reiki. I love that. I think that's yeah. awesome when we have medical people, scientists who like that balance of it doesn't just have to be meds or surgery right. that there are alternative ways to find peace and balance and and you know to keep the in this case an animal healthy and and strong so that's really cool that he's a level two right he's a level what, did two he, did he do it because of you was he no enticed? I mean, he no I mean he um he never even said anything but he has his his little um certificate on one of the walls in his examining one of the examining rooms and I saw it and then we started talking about it and so you know I will tell him you know with my animals I'll say you know I've I've done a scan you know with my hands and found a decreased energy in this area so he'll focus on that area and see what's going on and say oh wow I think she has an infection here or something like that 
you know. But um, I, I wanted to. I also wanted to interject here um, when you said alternative. Um, Reiki, yeah, I know they use alternative and complementary um, interchangeably, and I, I, I like to stick with the term complementary. Um, Reiki is not an alternative to Western veterinary medicine. We're exactly. We never Reiki practitioners never diagnose. You know, we never um, tell the person, oh, don't follow your vet's treatment plan. We're a complement to that. You know, whatever the vet has prescribed or diagnosed, we go along with that and we do the Reiki. We're there for the animal and to help bring the animal a little more comfort and peace. And, and we support the vets. You know, we support veterinarians. And I think that's some of the reason veterinarians shy away from complementary medicine because they're afraid, you know, we're going to tell them, oh, you know, your vet prescribed that medicine? Oh, you don't want to give them that medicine. You know, don't do that. You know, give them this. Give them a Chinese herb. But we never do that. You know, we just don't do that. We say, here, you could use this with whatever your vet has prescribed. Yeah, but isn't isn't that the, and, and I love what you're saying, because isn't that the same thing with what we are doing as humans? You know, I go to my chiropractor. I go for my Reiki. I go for my massages, you know, just because your body needs someone else to help stay balanced and, and all of those things. You know, I try to meditate and I use the word try. Yeah. <laughs> Loosely I hear you. <laughs> I know, but I try, I really, I try regularly um, to, to, before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning to just start and, and it's five or 10 minutes for me. I can't really do longer than that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it started out to be a minute and now I'm up to 10 minutes. So I think that's success. That's good. But, Yes, but I don't not go to the doctor, you know, for my physicals, and I don't. I go for my blood work, of course, mm-hmm. you know, annually right. to make actually twice a year to make sure that you know I'm not missing vitamin D or all those other you know natural um, needed you know minerals and vitamins in our bodies. So I think that word complementary is so important, and I love that your veterinarian veterinarian happens to see the balance of both and that they both have value that they could bring in. I have another question, and and it sounds like it's the same, but shame on me for assuming. So (laughs) is there a difference between human Reiki and animal Reiki treatment? Uh, Actually, there is a difference, and and, um, it's – it's kind of very, you know, we think it's, well, this is obvious. Okay. First of all, in a human treatment, you know, the person you have experienced this, you say you lie down on a, on a, like a massage table. Correct. And, um, and, and you lay still and the Reiki practitioner um, moves around you, you know, with her and, and puts her hands either on you or above you. Correct. Um, depending on, you know, where she feels the energy blockage. Now, with an animal, obviously, they're not going to lay on a massage table, you know. So what happens is, (coughs) excuse me, the practitioner sits in meditation and in a room or pasture that's familiar to the animal. The animal actually is moving, you know, because the animal (coughs) will get up, walk around, um, excuse me, Um, The animal will get up and walk around the practitioner. So the animal actually chooses what they want. Do they want hands-on treatment or do they want distant treatment? So 
the animal is in control of the treatment, whereas in human Reiki, the practitioner is in control of the treatment. Yeah, well, that's a great description. Now, you mentioned distance Reiki twice. One with the distance the animal's walking around, so mm-hmm. obviously your hands aren't touching it or above it. That That's considered, quote-unquote, distance Reiki. Before right. you said there was someone in California, a friend of a friend, and mm-hmm. you did distance Reiki. Um, did, for, like, the California person, did you have to have them on the phone to no. do the distance Reiki? No. Can no. you explain that? How do you do that? No, actually, all I did was um, I had the person's name, and I just sat in meditation and sent them Reiki, you know, with my with my mind, my heart, whatever, and I just sent them Reiki. Did they feel, did the friends check in and did they feel? Yeah, yeah she felt it. We, we established a time that I would do this. How and, cool. And um, she actually let her friend know that at that time she did feel something. And then the next day when she woke up, she, she was felt much better, whatever whatever was bothering her. She said. That is so cool. So yeah. when, when we because now, again, when I have Reiki, um, my friend Patricia, she, she, again, usually, usually her hands are above me. Sometimes mm-hmm. if I guess there's a blockage, which sometimes there is, she, <laughs> you know, she'll put her hands like on my head or on my shoulders and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so the distance, so really the Reiki is the energy more than the touch. It is the energy. And, and okay. um, obviously hands-on is the preferred method. But um, distant Reiki works very well, too. Now, many animals, of course, don't like to be touched. Um, And so if you're in a home and you're doing Reiki on a companion dog or cat, um, I let it up to the animal to decide. I'll just sit there. You know, sometimes I sit down on the floor. I get down on their level. And I just, you know, start offering Reiki with my mind. And, you know, basically you, you let them know. You know, you can send visual images to the animal. Like, this is what Reiki is. This is, you know, energy. You can take as much as you want. We're done when you're done. You let me know. If you don't want any, it's fine, too. Sometimes the animal will just sit next to you. But you can also send the Reiki if they, you know, are in another room. Um, if they're across the room, the Reiki travels. The energy just travels. It it always goes for the highest good of the animal. I know I, I don't do um, like horses or barn animals, but I have some uh, friends who do that. You know, they'll go out to a pasture. There's a horse in need or something like that, and they'll just stand there and offer the animal Reiki. You know, sometimes the horse will come over, and sometimes the horse will stay all the way across the end of, you know to the end of the the enclosure hmm. but he's still getting reiki he's why why do you prefer not to do a you know a horse or an animal I, that... I just prefer small animals that's just okay. my preference you know dogs cats birds the domestic, the domestic animals, <laughs> the, the domesticated ones. animals, right? The, yeah. the, our family member, literally our family yeah. members. Yeah. That's, the little that's what we're yeah. talking about. Um, I, I just want to pause here for just a quick second, Mary Alice, and, and ask everyone, is this topic resonating with you guys? You know, has this been a topic in your life or a worry in your life with an animal or, or really a, a companion um, 
that what Mary Alice is explaining you have experienced. So again, you can do this distance Reiki uh, via the telephone or scheduling a time that that fascinates me also Mary Alice that you don't have to physically be even in the room with with the animal so anybody that's a distance away if they just like your vibe and they like what you're saying you'd be able to do this distance Reiki for either them of course but also for a companion animal as well yeah Um, I had asked uh, for pictures you know I had uh, love it somebody in another state who had a, 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 a greyhound that she had just adopted who was having some medical problems and she had emailed me and I said of course you know I'd be happy to send you know the animal some Reiki and I asked her if she had a picture if she could email me a picture so then when I she did and so then I used that picture and I would just focus on the picture and send the animal Reiki you know with this picture but I don't have to have the picture but you know it, it's all often helpful, you know, just to have something that you can focus on like that. To focus on, yeah, I I would imagine. Uh, This, I find this topic, it it, it is the, and you guys, I want to hear from you out there, but I think this is the most intriguing and different topic and guest that I've had on the show, and I mean that in a really, really nice way, Mary Alice, because we we, we always think, you know, human, 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 yes, because most of the time we're interacting with humans, but when you walk home and that, you know, your puppy or your cat is waiting at the window or waiting at the door for you to walk in, and then that particular companion isn't feeling 100% or is ailing in some way, we would do anything in our power to help ease that pain or that discomfort of that of that animal. So Absolutely. I really, really would love to hear your stories out there, you guys. Um, email me at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. And, of course, WhitmanAssos, W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com. And it's Connie at WhitmanAssos. Or you could go to my website, which is the same, www.WhitmanAssos.com, and all my connections are there as well. If you are intrigued by Mary Alice and everything she's talking about, and I will give her information at the end as well, but you can email her. You're going to love her email address. It's Mary Schnauzer at AOL.com, but I will spell it anyway. It's M-A-R-Y-S-C-H-N-A-U-Z-E-R at AOL.com. And her number, if you'd like to speak with her, is 215 area code 752-2725. Um, you guys, reach out to her. If you have an ailing animal, you know, there's no need. There's just no need. Um, or you're ailing yourself uh, as well. And, of course, please share your stories and, and give me ideas on how you've approached either Reiki with your animal or yourself. Share those stories, and I will report back on the show and um, share those ideas. We certainly don't want to keep secrets to ourselves. If you found a benefit, let's share the wealth, Okay. Um, okay, so now my next question, I'm sure you have a tremendous amount of success stories uh, for animals. Now, you said you don't deal with horses and stuff like that, although that would make for a very cool story, Mary Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are people who do. I mean, there are yeah. practitioners out there who, you know, would go out and go to, you know, a horse farm or go to a barn or something like that and, you know, send Reiki um, to a horse or a cow or you know, a farm animal. Uh, it's just not my preference. Although, you know, I would do it if, you know, if somebody asked me to, I would do it. But, you know, I, I prefer the smaller companion type animals. 
yeah, the domestic. Um, I, I was speaking to a friend about um, you and this topic, and because they're always checking in, hey, what are you doing on the show, et cetera. And she was intrigued, and I never had a chance to look it up, but she, she said that there was a story. It was either a panther or a jaguar, and it was very um, skittish and unhappy and violent and, and all of these things. And they brought a person in to do Reiki on this poor creature that, you know, was in captivity. They were trying to save it. And they, through the Reiki, you know, they found out or there was an angel there, whatever it was, but they found out that his name, I think, was Diablo. and He didn't like his name. So they oh. changed his name. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of this. She was telling me I about it. it. I'm like, really? Uh. So they cha- they changed this animal's name, and they did this Reiki, and it was like a whole new disposition. So if it, and here's my thinking: we're all an energy source on this earth. You know, plants are, animals are, the dirt, the stones, right? Everything has an energy vibration. Mm-hmm. So exactly. if it works on people, why wouldn't it work on animals? And if it works on domestic animals, why wouldn't it work on um, these more um, volatile creatures like a panther or a jaguar or whatever it might right. be. So and can it you does. it does say that I again? Mean, you, it does. It certainly does. And it sounds like that person was also able to communicate with that animal. And yes. sometimes during a Reiki treatment, um, you are able to communicate with the animal. Or the animal can communicate with you in some way. Now that animal obviously communicate with her. They didn't like his name. And that sounds so simplistic, you know, but it does happen. Um, I've read stories and, and heard people say that an animal has communicated what, during a Reiki treatment about a certain situation in their past. Maybe they were abused in their past, and, and, oh. so, and they're working through that trauma, and that's why they're having the symptoms they're having, which led them to the Reiki treatment. Um, so that does happen. It does happen that that communication, that back-and-forth communication does occur during a Reiki treatment. And it's awesome when it happens. It's really, it's amazing. It's, it's, you know, and that's why I say animals, you know, we're partners with the animals in this treatment. But the animals also can be our teachers, you know. And I've learned a lot just from my own animals, my own, you know, I've had dogs and rabbits and that, and, and I've learned a lot from them, from giving them tr- treatments and just from being with them. So they are they are teachers if we let them be. Yeah, and I think like children, animals are, they don't have a hidden agenda. I think as we get older, sad but true, as we get older, we become cynical, jaded, and I think we oftentimes have hidden agendas at work and, and even with family members, which is so tragic. And here you have these <clears throat> these partners, these little companions, whether it be, like you said, a bird, a dog, a cat, whatever it might be, and they don't have a hidden agenda. They're like children, right? They're They're just so pure and innocent and give you unconditional love. Like I said, they wait at the door when you come in and you think that, you know, they're having a party just because you came home. I mean, well, I what? Mean, it doesn't get any better than that to be loved uh, so intensely. Do you and have it doesn't a story? matter whether you've been gone two hours or or ten minutes. It's the yeah, exactly the same, right. Know? That they're just, yeah, yeah so, so it's so that you walk back in the room. Right. It's it's great. This is great. Now, do you have uh, any cool stories that you can share that were success stories, perhaps that you have? Well, I have I have a story with um, one of the dogs that I adopted. Um, this my dog Zeke, and uh, mm-hmm. he um, I had, I adopted him. Oh goodness, back in I think it was two thousand and six. Him and 
Rescue and his mom, Zoe. I adopted both of them from a local Schnauzer Rescue. And um, he was seven at the time. and he was So he was older already. Yeah. Yeah, I usually go for the older ones. That's, mm-hmm. that's my, my, my heart goes out to the older ones. In fact, I have a 13-year-old now I just adopted in January. So. Aw. Yeah. What's, what's that one's name? Her name is Charlie. <laughs> her name is Charlie. Yeah, her or, name is Charlie. Yeah, yeah. What was just, her full name? Um, Charlie? Just Charlie. Charlie Girl, I guess they say. Charlie the Girl. How cute Charlie is that? Girl. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, she's she is a sweetheart. But anyway, Zeke, um, he was kind of a goofy happy-go-lucky dog. And um, shortly after I adopted him, um, at nighttime, I I would notice that he he started having nightmares. And, Hmm. and, you know, Connie, I have never heard a dog sob. I mean, cry, but he would sob in his sleep. Oh, poor thing. It it just, it broke my heart. And and I, I thought, well, you know what? Let me try Reiki on him. And so... It was funny because one afternoon he was just sitting in my lap, and so I, you know, thought, well, let me give this a try. He's in a good position. He's on my lap and everything. So I just kind of talked to him gently, and I said, I'm going to give you some Reiki Zeke, and let's see what happens. If you don't like it, it's okay. And so I put my hands on him, and as soon as I did, he jumped off my lap. He ran into the bedroom, and I thought, oh, my. You know? And wow. so I started offering him Reiki once again at a distance. You right. know, eventually over time, and it just took him out about a week, maybe a week and a half, he would come out of the bedroom and he'd just lay next to the chair. And I keep offering him Reiki. And he never let me put my hands on him for Reiki, but after about a month, I noticed that the nightmares decreased. And after a while, he didn't have them at all anymore. And um, so I had talked to Kathleen Prasad, my Reiki teach, my animal Reiki teacher, and I told her about this. And she said she felt that he was so high energy that he couldn't deal with the energy of the Reiki. It was just too much for him, for my hands to be on him. But coming at a distance was a little more comfortable for him. So then really? he, he took the Reiki, he took the he, energy, but he But his, just, his vibration, I just want to make sure I understood that. Mm-hmm. So his vibration, his energy level was so high, that's why he was a happy-go-lucky, right? He was in yeah, balance. Was, that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. He was in balance, right? right? And then when you would try to touch him, it was too intense for him. Right. Oh, exactly. Wow. It was too intense. And then later on, I did find out, because um, I had you know, contacted the rescue and said, you know, this is what's going on. You told me there were no issues. And so, and they later they found out that the situation in his home was very tense. Apparently the, um, it was a husband and wife and the husband had lost his job and then they were losing their home, which is why they had to give the dogs up. But that um. the husband, because of all the stress had become, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say, I think he was kind of a little abusive Towards Aww. the dogs, but mostly towards Zeke, because Zeke was so energy, high energy, and bouncing around. Sure. And I guess he was, um, you know, he, he, you know, he was, he probably hit him, you know, and so and so Zeke would have these dreams and everything. Oh, but then eventually the dreams stopped and the nightmares stopped, and um, he continued on, you know, until um, 
you know, he passed away last year. And so, oh. you know, he was just, just happy to the very end. He was very happy. That's, that's so nice. That's just so nice. And that, um, it, isn't that funny that he taught you sometimes it's not about touching, right? It, it can be a distant thing. And Absolutely. The impact, yeah, and the impact was great for him. Yeah, and, and I think he also, you know, one of the things that um, he also taught me was that, you know, it's, it's often not just physical, but it's emotional. And, I mean, mm. I knew that. I knew there were emotional, you know, there are emotional issues that Reiki can certainly heal. But that, you know, but by doing that, you know, that Reiki was kind of a bridge between healing his emotional wounds and then, you know, helping him to continue to be the happy dog that he was. You know, yeah, it's, really it's, allowed um, him to do that. Yeah, it's, you know what, and it's awesome that you have the gift or you had the desire from your own you know, trials that you and your journey that you were on after your husband passed away and how you took that and now are using that same gift with, you know, animals, I think is just a really cool thing. Again, because we're the whole universe, we're all connected. Of course, we're connected to animals and and again, the earth and all of these things so that you have this awesome energy to, to heal, but to learn back from every experience of you giving Reiki, I think that's just so awesome and cool. Right. Now, you, you your, your your teacher was Kathleen Prasad. Is she Prasad. the one who yeah. she taught she taught you? She she taught me, and uh, she still continues to be a mentor to me. And like I said, she's the founder of Animal uh, Reiki Source, which is um, you know her her website, I guess you would call it, and. Uh, she um, she's also on Facebook and she's she's amazing and she'll do because she's in California she does um, you know uh, email courses and uh, web courses and all that and of course she does a lot of in person teaching but it's mostly out in California um, but yeah she is my teacher and she's written a couple books and um, in fact she wrote a book called Reiki for Dogs and Zeke's story is in there um, I. You know, she did some case studies, and I submitted that, and she she published that Zeke story in there. So that was was very nice. So Zeke is famous. I know. I told him I was going to make him famous someday, and I did. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, so Kathleen, it's Reiki for dogs, and it's Kathleen Prasad, P R A S A D. Did I say that right? Um, So, if anybody's you know interested in reading her book, that's kind of cool. Again, it's it's Reiki for dogs. That's the name of it. Um, let's take one last break, and then we have about uh, just shy of 15 minutes. I'd like to talk about um, the Reiki to feral and wild animals, like my okay. example with Diablo, and just hear your take on that, um, if if you don't mind. So let's just take another quick, quick break, and then we'll come back and finish up with that. Um, okay. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. 
So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Mary Alice Santoro. We are talking about animal Reiki. And now I, I'm curious, they, for feral and wild animals, is Reiki possible? Absolutely. Um, as you, know, you had mentioned before, we're all connected. And um, feral and wild animals um, also are in need of Reiki. And obviously you're going to give uh, distant Reiki because you're not going to approach a wild animal especially if it's injured. Um, so we see wild animals. And when I say wild animals, I, you know, I kind of lump. Um, I have feral cats in my neighborhood. I'm close to woods, so we have deer that walk through the neighborhood from time to time. But mm-hmm. also animals who are in wildlife sanctuaries, you know, that they're there because they're injured and they're there to get better. And animals in zoos and um, the fish who are in aquariums. Um, So I kind of lump them all together when I talk about feral and wild animals. And you can send Reiki for many different reasons. I mean, if the animal is obviously injured, you can just send Reiki to that animal um, to heal the injury. Um, You can send Reiki to heal an emotional wound. Um, You know, a lot of animals mate for life. And... Um, if you see an animal that's lost its mate, you know, perhaps the, the mate is, is dead and the animal is there and won't leave the mate. Mm-hmm. It's an animal to heal that emotional wound. Um, you can send Reiki to heal an issue. Um, perhaps there's an issue that really appeals to you, like um, working for um, endangered species or, you know, save, you know, the seals. Um, something like that, you can send Reiki to that issue. And uh, we do Reiki at um, wildlife sanctuaries to heal the injured animal. helps them heal more quickly, and it supports their release back into the wild. Um, We talked before about how Reiki can heal memories of, of emotional abuse, and some animals hold those memories, and this allows them to move forward when you give them Reiki. Do you find that it's a different practice or a different training in order to do the feral and wild animal Reiki? Is it a little different? Not really. No, it's it's the same the same kind of a uh, practice that you would do on any animal. Um, it's just that it's done at a safe distance if it's outside, and um, if it's done, you know, in a zoo or it's done in an aquarium. Obviously, it's done outside the enclosure. You know, you can stand or sit on a bench or something like that at the zoo and send Reiki to a zoo animal or at an aquarium. You know, you can just stand, obviously, stand outside the aquarium itself and, and send Reiki to the whatever the fish was that's in the aquarium. Um, Reiki always goes where it's needed the most. You know, so you don't have to know exactly what's wrong with an animal or a fish or anything like that. You don't have to know exactly what's wrong. You just send Reiki, and the Reiki will go where it's needed. 
That's so interesting. Have you ever experienced or watched someone in these habitats that you're de- like you're describing, where you observed or watched a video, maybe on YouTube, where they did Reiki for a wild animal or whatever habitat the animal was in? Did you ever experience it or see it? And I haven't experienced it myself. Um, I, you know, sometimes go to a shelter and mm-hmm. give Reiki. Um, you can go to the animal shelters and, and the shelter staff. Um, you tell them why you're there, and you have to get permission, of course, and they will direct you, you know, to an animal. And I have had the experience of going and, and um, a dog who was particularly um, shy or scared and wouldn't come out of the corner of its cage and um, giving it Reiki over a course of, you know, maybe about, you know, couple times a week for a week and eventually it just came out of and came out of the corner and you know became very friendly and happy and um i've had that experience and that was really cool and the dog was adopted so um, wow that worked, that worked out really really well because they were concerned because this dog wouldn't come out of the corner was so scared and no one would adopt it if that was the and case because no, exactly. then right it's you a didn't know whether a problem right right so and then this dog was adopted and uh, so that was cool. That was really cool. Um, when you go to these had... shelters, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, was right, just well, gonna I, was say, I haven't had any personal experience with um, giving, you know, Reiki to an, an animal, you know, in a, a zoo or anything like that. I have given Reiki to um, the deer in my neighborhood just to give to their situation. You know, they sure. come out in the wintertime. They were looking for food and that. So, you know, I sent them Reiki, you know, from my living room window. And, you know, so that they would be able to find food and shelter, you know, in the cold winter. So I've done that. But, um, well, they've come. They found food in my backyard. My husband and I were assessing our yard, you know, with some runoff. We have to do a path, blah, blah, blah. We looked at the backyard, and, and we looked at these three trees. They were beautiful, little bushes. They uh-huh. have no leaves. So you oh, sent no. them to my backyard where they've eaten my trees. <laughs> I did. I sent them to you. <laughs> you sent them to me. So I, my husband, I said, oh, they'll grow back. What's the big deal? It's only a plant, right? How funny is that? My uh-huh. my question I was going to say before, when when you go to these shelters, do you ask the folks that work there? Because I would think they know the different animals that they have present at any given time. And the ones that are skittish, the ones that are more aggressive, the ones that are fearful that's in the corner, you know, based on the description you just gave. Do they believe what you're telling them? Are they are they receptive to your ideas when you go in? Yes, yeah, some are and some aren't. It's always a, an, an education. Um, sure. I know the one shelter in my area I, you know, had to, um, for part of my um, – animal Reiki certification, you know, we were required to do uh, so many hours giving Reiki to animals in the shelter. And I had to go down, I had to apply, I had to go through an orientation, um, I had to do different things before they would allow me to come in. But also, you know, I also explained to the staff, you know, what Reiki was and gave them treatment. You know, some of the staff, oh, you know, I have a stiff neck or what. And so I gave Reiki, free Reiki treatments to the shelter staff, so that when I went in, they knew who I was, and they would say, oh, you know, I want you to go and, and see this dog, or, oh, come Crazy. see this cat, you know, whatever, and then, so then they would they would direct me, because they know the animals, 
And so they would direct me to a particular animal. Um, but in the shelter, it's interesting. You, you might be sitting outside of a cage of one particular animal, but that Reiki is going everywhere. And so all the animals are eventually – it's funny because when, when you first walk in, they're all barking. They're barking, barking, barking. And then as you're giving the Reiki, it gets so quiet. The whole thing is it's so quiet. And you look around, it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the Reiki's kind of going to them all, and they're all getting quiet and peaceful and calm. So. But isn't it true, isn't it true that I, I think cats and dogs is, is what we're most used to in, in a household, and maybe birds to some extent. But dogs and cats, don't they say that they're very aware of the different energy that's out there, like they might see an angel. You know, like the, the, I have friends, they say, all of a sudden the dog will look at the wall and just start barking. And I mm-hmm. don't, there's nothing there. And I so, so I said to my one friend who said that, and I said, well, maybe she saw an angel or something. You're saying there's nothing there. But they they aren't jaded or have these preconceived notions that, oh, that can't be because I don't see it. It can't be real, that they do see things that we don't or they do feel things that we aren't aware of. Isn't that true, though, with animals? Yeah, I think they see spirits. I think they see angels, spirits. Um, I know I um, had a dog who constantly looked up at the ceiling in my living room. And it was so much that I would start looking up, you know, like, wow. <laughs> and she'd just be looking up there and, you know, and I'd say, okay, I'd say, is there an angel up there? Or, you know, but, you know, yeah, she would constantly look up at the ceiling in my living room. So, yeah, I really yeah. believe that they do see, like babies. I think that babies also see angels and um you know, because sometimes you know, the baby's just laying there and the baby's looking around and cooing and smiling and there's, you know, really nobody else there. And you think, oh, I think they're seeing angels, you know. It, it's funny. Um, yeah, I was sharing with you before that my my um, 18-year-old, we went to Karen with the college thing, and he he's much more open than my 15-year-old. And it was funny because I hadn't thought about this in years. And I said to my, my big guy, you know, I think your brother saw angels when he was little. And my John, my big guy goes, what? Like what? And I said, well, I don't know for a fact. I said, but I don't have a huge house. I have a, a ranch, right? It, it's, you know, it's long, but it's not ginormous or anything like that. But he would stand at the end of the hallway. And there's only three bedrooms in my ranch. Again, it's not huge. And he would be like, mommy, come with me. Like he wouldn't, he was little, maybe three years old, four years old. He wouldn't go down the hallway. And I would say, why? And he'd be like, I don't want to go. And I think he saw angels or saw something. Now, I didn't see anything. Uh-huh. I didn't feel anything. But they uh-huh. must have been his guardian angels. And he was just nervous to go by himself. He didn't understand or whatever. But, I, you know, I, I think you're right. Children, animals, they are, they don't have any preconceived notion or ideas of what is real, what is not real, it just is to them. So, right. I, you know, when you say that all of a sudden you're in there, rah, rah, they're barking and then they stop, what a cool experience that is. Yeah, it was. Remarkable. My last question for you is about your book, actually. You wrote a book of haikus? In my, yeah, my I understanding. did. Yes. I did. I published a book. It came out in November. It's called Haiku for Animal Lovers. And it's just, um, it's a very nice little book. It makes a wonderful gift. Um, 16 haiku. um, And I wrote it um, 
in a way, just it's kind of a meditation on a number of different animals, like elephants, snakes, homeless dogs, and um, it's like that. You know, and it's really it's it's a, it's a nice little book. It's available on Amazon, and um, so go on Amazon.com, everybody, and buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just called Haiku for Animal Lovers. Correct. I love it. And Mary Alice Santoro is the author. Um, I, it's funny that you mentioned elephants first when you just did the description of the haikus for the animals. Mm-hmm. Elephants yeah. are absolutely, absolutely my most favorite animal because ah. they're so big and yet they're so gentle they're and kind. Gentle. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by their girth and their size and yet their, their uh, fluidity when they move and gracefulness. I yeah. think it's, it's, um, it makes no sense logically to, for something to, so big to be so great, great, graceful and gentle. I, I think that is truly a beautiful creature to me, to watch well, them move. Me, and, well, and just for you, let me read the haiku I wrote. So oh, that would be awesome. Called, Yay. Okay. Majestic beings, their beauty graces the world, gentle hearts and souls. See, that's beautiful. I love it. For my little elephant, my big elephants out there, right? Um, go buy that book, Haiku for Animal Lovers. Um, everyone, I can't believe it, but our time is up, and I know this is such an intriguing story. I hope you enjoyed um, just our conversation and all of the ideas and clarity of things that we can do to help our companion pets, as well as the animals out in the world that aren't necessarily ours. If there's a a charitable organization for saving, whether it be the seals, the whales, et cetera, um, we can send love out via Reiki. So I think that's awesome. If you would like to speak with Mary Alice, again, or read her book, Haiku for Animal Lovers, you can find that on Amazon. Again, Mary Alice's email address, maryschnauzer at AOL.com. And again, it's M-A-R-Y-S-C-H-N-A-U-Z-E-R at AOL.com. And her number, again, 215-752-2725. Do you have a website by chance? No, I don't, honey. I don't you don't. Okay, that's because usually what I do is I post the website on webtalkradio.net, the link to the show, so that people can click on. But I'm going to see if um, where your name is, they can, the folks can click on it, and it'll bring to your um, email address. I have to ask the producer if that's possible. If not, okay. they have it here, Mary Schnauzer at AOL.com. That's right. Thank and you so much. Can certainly get in touch with me. And, Connie, thank you so much. This has been really a lot of fun. And I hope uh, I hope educational. And and it's so funny, Mary Alice. That's what I was going to say too. I think the more we know about different topics, the more educated we become, the better we become as humans. But certainly, the better we become as partners with this earth and with the animals and all these other things. So for me, it's always about sharing information, sharing knowledge, and that's why at the halfway mark, I ask everyone to share stories of experiences they've had with their animals and healing and and things that have worked because I really do report back and share that information because we're not alone and if it worked for someone else it might work for me or it might work for you so I just love that you did educate us you definitely educated me and and for that I'm I'm very grateful so um, just great show thank you so much Mary Alice for being on and taking time out of your day 
Um, so all of you listening, I hope you're going to join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow, challenge ourselves, challenge our knowledge so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and easier than we often think and that we can be happier together just in the human race and in this world. Thanks again, uh, Mary Alice, for being my awesome guest oh, and for your and insight. Thank you, Connie. A pleasure, and, and thank you for sharing all of your stories with us. Um, thank you again for joining me. You have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great week, um, and have a, a great time with your animals, and, and share some of that love, and maybe you could share some Reiki healing um, in the universe. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.